Welcome to the Living Permaculture Show. I'm Jerome Ostentowski, and I have a special guest, Ben Kennedy and Edin Vardy, on the show. And we're going to be talking about this new uh, initiative that came out in the paper, the Aspen Daily News, about Colorado voters to decide healthy school menus, meals for all in November. So there's going to be a, a statewide initiative to improve the lunches at the schools. And all three of us have been working in this area for maybe 20, 30 years. Uh, I was doing school gardens. Uh, I think I put a school garden in every school in the valley. Uh, Quite an accomplishment. Yes, all over the last 25 years. And some of them are still there. The Roaring Fork High School still has that. Mm -hmm. Edna has been involved, and we'll bring him on Welcome to the show, Eden. Thank you, Jerome. Great to be here. We'll have you come in. Uh, ben, uh, talk a little bit about your, your program and at, in the Glenwood schools that you work with. And you were up twice this year uh, bringing your kids. And it was it was the funnest time I've had giving Good. a tour. I mean, I'm glad to hear that because when I show up with 20 or, or 30 kids, it's it's daunting. You know, there's a lot of energy there. But I think that was really one of the best field trips or two of the best field trips, I should say, that we took all summer. Um, and so, yeah, I've been a teacher mostly at the middle school level for about 10 years now. But here lately, I've started a, a project of my own. It's actually four years in the making, but it's called the Mountain School. And so what I've done is I've tried to basically use the outdoor classroom. Uh, and often that has a lot to do with gardening. We do quite a bit of that at our school. We have a small grow dome there that Jerome has consulted with. Uh, on, on with us. And uh, when we take those kids up to Crimpy, I mean, it it stands out. It's like an Eden. Um, they, they all come out of it completely charged. And of course, they're eating a lot of great uh, fruit and vegetables, you know, but I love the juxtaposition. I love to see Jerome, you're the, the old guy with the wisdom, you know, just coming so strong. And these kids, it takes them a minute, but then they key in. I know they're, they're better off for it. Yes, so it's yeah. really been about eight years ago that I first brought I think they were third graders. That was my first year teaching. Couldn't believe at the time that they they gave me a group of students like that, but I loved it. And I've really made a point of kind of trying to make the best field trips and the best outings to places like Crimpy what we're all about. Yeah. And they were eating berries, and we had apples that day, and they were cutting up apples to freeze and put in the freezer. And uh, uh, then, uh, you know, they were walking around eating whatever was available at that time. And um, what do you have uh, planned for uh, – you have a greenhouse, right? Yeah. I mean we, we're, we're growing tomatoes right now, um, and so I'd say we'll, we'll probably come out with roughly 100 tomatoes this, uh, this late summer, early fall. You know, and it's funny how a few kids particularly go, go to that. They deviate. They keep going back to the greenhouse. It's like a little safe space for them. 
But um, yeah, and then we've got a lot of cucumbers going as well. Um, over the years, I kind of found that it's nice to do an earlier, you know, lettuce greens mix or, you know, something like radishes. We, we grew, I think, 40 or 50 pounds of those early season. And then after that, to be a little bit more simplified, it's, I think the tomatoes for the kids is, is a winner and obviously the cucumbers too. I, I have a son, James, who's six and cucumbers are probably his major food group. Well, it seems like they've always have something to graze on. Then. Yeah. Well, we're, uh, we'd love to have you back next year. And, uh, Ed, and, uh, we go all the way back to um, the Aspen High School. And probably 20 years right. ago, I was uh, invited in by Travis Moore and Andre Willie to take over the science class. And I did a talk there, and you were a student there. And then... Uh, I guess a couple of years after that, we did a, a forest garden in that alcove that was right next to the um, the cafeteria. And then but, later on, we uh, I um, I was uh, funded to do a, a pilot program on a, a CSA pilot program, and you were involved in that. I think it was you came in after you came back from Israel. Uh, working on a kibbutz, and you join this these um, extreme skiers over at um, Jennifer Craig's place that she was shutting down her f- garden, and we took it over for that year. And um, I remember Patty Clappard was there, and every Sunday we had a dinner, and uh, you guys put together a uh, a one year CSA program, and Ken Kuhn was one of the teachers. And um, Jennifer and I, and um, it was quite successful. I thought we, I think you did about 10 CSA uh, baskets or boxes, and you kind of used whatever uh, Jennifer had there, used the beds and grew new crops. Do you remember a little bit about that experience? That was a really meaningful experience. Yeah, it was, it was up at, at uh, Duke City Farms, I believe it was called. Um, that was probably close to... 16 or 17 years ago, and it was actually the, uh, that, that particular location and that experience was the birth of what is today the Farm Collaborative. Uh, it was the, the group of skiers that you described and myself. Uh, after having that uh, immersive learning opportunity, we uh, decided to start the nonprofit that is today the Farm Collaborative as a way to bring uh, farming education and just a sense of connection to our food source back to our community. Yes. And... Um, yeah, it's 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 been quite a journey, Jerome. But it it definitely all started with you that day in that high school classroom, um, with uh, with Travis, where you introduced permaculture, and I, I knew right then and there that it's, it's what I wanted to study and what I wanted to do. So, very transformative to have these kind of learning opportunities in school settings. And I appreciate that sentiment, and I feel the same about Jerome. He's taught us all a lot. Um, I, I'd be interested to hear more from Jerome about a forest garden. I, I mean, for those of us who who haven't planted or grown that way. What, what do you mean by forest garden? Well, um, a food forest. Uh, we have outdoor and a tropical food forest. But I wanted to just swing back to something that Eden was involved in. Uh, very early on, um, he used the cafeteria at the high school to uh, promote a, a free Thanksgiving, pre-Thanksgiving dinner, which was bringing awareness to local food and how you could have local food on Thanksgiving 
using the local farmers, and that went on for, I don't know, I mean, you did that almost for 15 or so years, and you wound up uh, renting the, the ballroom at the Hotel Jerome, uh, and I think, uh, you know, you might have shut that down because of COVID, but that was a, another one of your efforts to, to bring awareness and do fundraising for your project at, uh, at Farm Collaborative. And um, we were just out there at a, at a tour um, with our with our class, and um, you know, one of the big parts of your thing is your petting zoo with your with your uh, your goats. We have a we have a rabbit petting zoo, uh, and having the kids you know handle the, the the animals is is a big thing. I think it really is. I think that brings a new level of engagement. They're already buzzing and happy to be there like little bees, but when they saw the rabbit, that was a a yeah, major go. they were all over it. And they could <laughs> yeah. feed them kale and uh, feed them uh, comfrey, and sure. um, yeah. So that's a big part of your program too, is having the animals and integrate those into the farm collaborative, and also integrate them into your students. Right. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, so our our facility and our programs are all integrated in nature. So there's a combination of garden education, farming education, connection to nature, and uh, and livestock management and, and interaction and how. Livestock are part of our ecosystem, uh, as are all of us. And um, so that's predominantly through our Earth Keepers Day Camp, which um, actually was originally started by John Denver in the, in the 70s, I believe. Huh. My wife, River, was an Earth Keeper. Um, and when, after John Denver passed, our nonprofit inherited the Earth Keepers program, and we've run it uh, also for about the last 12 or 13 years or so. And... Um, it's it's wildly successful. It's sold out this year in about 48 hours after going live. We get about 50 kids a day through the summer. We have a, a variation of that program that we run with all the local schools during the school year. Out at the farm park, we've got about 15 participating schools that utilize the campus as an extension of their own classroom. And um, it really does it really does indeed make a difference for children to interact, to see the entirety of our farm ecosystems and and how that that uh, that interaction and nourish us and nourish the planet at the same time. It's a great concept and a great name for the program, Earth Keepers. What's a typical curriculum like or what's a typical day like? Yeah, you so know the what? Program, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, sorry, John. Well, one, one of the things um, also uh, Cooper Means, who's your farm manager, was an intern at my place back with uh, – with another fellow that um, they, they did a whole summer at my place. And um, I remember they used to ride up to the um, Tumar Mark, uh, walk up to my place, then work a few, you know, five or six hours, and then they walked down, took a shower in the waterfall, and then rode their bikes back home. <laughs> Sounds like a good day. <laughs> and, uh, and then Cooper has a lot of stuff going there. He has the he has sheep um, integrated into a silviculture, and he has the rotating the chickens and the sheep and uh and then he has the you have the farm um incubator program do you want to talk a little bit about that sure so yeah so at the farm uh at the farm collaborative um we do a, a whole diversity of programs earth keepers is one side of it really kind of the, the youth and community is kind of one half of the organization the other side is really about promoting local food and the more regenerative approach to agriculture and we do that through a number of programs including an on-site incubator, which is kind of like a community garden, but at, at, at a farm scale for beginning farmers. Uh, we have a diversity of other support mechanisms, such as a, a farmer equipment library, 
Um, we're piloting a housing library for farmers. Uh, we also oversee the Two Forks Club, which used to be a separate nonprofit. It's now part of the Farm Collaborative, and that does 0% interest loans to farmers and food entrepreneurs in order to grow and scale up their enterprise. And we also publish the Edible Essence magazine, uh, and there's a, a great article about Jerome and forest gardening hmm. and some, some beautiful pictures of his systems in one of our magazines. You can find that on our website. Are you able to measure a change in the students' habits or attitudes towards the foods that they eat when they're involved in the program? We do do post-program surveys um, and we, uh, when we survey both students and parents. And, yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing between a, a 70 and 85% increase in, um, in kind of connection to foods that students are eating and the desire to eat more fresh green foods. I mean, I think it's well known that when kids are involved in the cooking, the harvesting, any aspect of food production or consumption, that they do so much better. Whereas if they're just a passive participant, whether that's at the school lunch level or at, or at dinner, they they're a different person. They're overly picky, tend to be, and you know, predisposed to kind of falling into this industrial ag pattern that's always so prevalent with us. Yeah, that's. Um you know, we should cycle back to this initiative that's kind of come out and make people aware that, you know, there will be a, a ballot initiative to to get better lunches in, in, in the schools. Hopefully they'll uh, – I remember back when I did the school garden at the Rowing Fork High School, there were – there were – it was a, a video that came out, a documentary called Two Angry Moms – and you know, there were two two gals who were just pissed off at the food that their kids were eating in the cafeteria. Yeah. So they went all the way. They they got no help from the superintendent or the schools or yeah. anybody in the community. So they went all the way to Washington to their representative mm. to, um, you know, to try to make some changes to find out why there was so much garbage going into the cafeteria. And basically it was they were dumping all the commodities yeah. And chicken nuggets and stuff and all the canned food in the cafeterias. And we had that same problem when we started at the Roaring Fork High School. We tried to bring cucumbers in the uh, in the cafeteria, and they didn't know what to look – they didn't even know what to do with them. And uh, I mean, this really hits the spot for me. I, I, I don't know what to say except that we're inundated with food-like products, you know. And yeah. you made a point recently, and we've all heard the same – that's the, the schools are a major dumping ground for these things, and we know that corn is grown at such a huge rate all across our country, and these corn additives are a big part of the chicken nuggets and everything else the kids are eating. It's just easy. I think those things just go in sheet pans and go in the oven, and I, I, I still don't know how much of it the kids actually eat. I mean, when I read about this ballot initiative or when I became aware of it, I still see a lot of unlearning or retraining, I guess is a, a better word, to the kids need a longer lunch, in my opinion. They right. need more time to chew, eat. Chew a little bit more. Yeah. E and, e I'm yeah. glad there's, you said even, even the really chewing. Great, <laughs> there's a really great model. I was, I was actually just uh, awarded an, an Eisenhower Agricultural Fellowship and went to France to learn about their food system and the way that, that they're kind of maintaining their culture of, of connecting children to their, their regional food sources. And, um, and in, in France, the, the school day is structured around lunch. Lunch yeah. is, is the heart of the day. It's the center of what happens. At a young age, children are part of, pre of preparing the food. Um, at an older age, it's, it's, a, it's a real kind of benchmark of the day. And literally everything is structured around it. It's, well, it's, I, it's the heart of the I think that's day. so important. And, and the, fr have, uh, the French maybe understand yeah. that somehow, that 
if if the kids have low blood sugar, they're not teachable. And they're already squirrely to begin with. I think that's a fair word. You know, we love them, but that's the case. Uh, when they yeah. haven't eaten enough, then they're more, it's even more difficult. The same is true in Japan. They, there's a, a classroom transformation that happens every day. We, we did this as a school-wide writing project, so that meant that kids in eighth grade, but also kids in kindergarten, as much as they could, were all writing on the same subject. And in Japan, what we found, uh, school lunches around the world was the subject. Japan, they transformed their classroom. So and they imagine it would take at least two hours to do all of this, but some of them are outside harvesting what's in the greenhouse. Some of them are uh, arranging cloth napkins. Some of them are involved in the cleanup. But the, the whole point is that they cook and they eat together. And I think we're mm-hmm. too short-sighted. We've got them, I think it's 20 minutes these days. That's the report from my boys. But that's not enough time to be social, which is a big part of the meal, and, and to ingest any healthy nutrients. That's a good point. So in the article, they mentioned that they want to really focus on getting local foods from the farmers. So that would be another way to get more um, connection to the farmers and have farmer have an outlet for their produce, especially for their seconds, because they don't have to have the best food coming in. Uh, Anything that's a, a little bit damaged can go right into the cafeteria and get used and, uh, Mm-hmm. That that's another way of uh, pr- promoting local yeah. farmers, and and then take it beyond that. What you're doing uh, is is growing the food and getting the the kids involved in um, you know growing it and um, processing it and eating it is yeah. You know. And Jerome, I followed your lead on this. Jerome was awesome up at Crimpy the last time we were there, which was late July, I think. But you know, the kids were. You had found some wild apples, you know, and so we were picking apples, we were processing apples, we were putting them away in the freezer because we can't eat all the apples right now. Right. Uh, the kids get that stuff, so we we did that lately. I, I had them up in climbing harnesses. Um, oh yeah, and, you you showed some pies yeah. that you that you. You're... Well, you know, my wife Brooke is a really good baker, so we did turn about ten pies out. That was a lot of time, a lot of effort. Well, uh, I, I chopped and peeled and peeled, but um, yeah, the kids were eating nutrient dense apples and understanding that this is something that they can do. They can forage a little bit or they can grow something better themselves. Well, you know, there's actually a good livelihood to be made out of making pies with with recycled, you know, when you go to Peonia and you get 10 bushels of pears, uh, you can make pear pies and sell and freeze those and sell those for $25 a piece. You're right. I saw them selling them in, in Redstone this summer, Fourth of July. The pies were thirty dollars. So yeah. So at this, at this point, I'm happy if the kids will eat it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, you can dry the fruit, you can freeze it, you mm-hmm. can make jams out of it, you can uh, make sauces, you can um, make parades. Sure. And uh, and what and uh, and uh, ice cream. What's the ice cream? Uh, yeah. Um, well, we're, we're a- after the pies, the next bit is I've got the, the freezers full, you know, so we're going to do a lot of smoothies, which is exactly. just a I, good idea. I'm, I, I'm working with honey, ginger, yeah, a little yeah. banana too. I, it's good. I, I, um, when I did the golf course project in, in Basal, in Roaring Fork, High School, Roaring Fork Golf and Fishing Club, um, my partner uh, down there, Guido um, uh, Meyer, he had his kids going to the school system in Basal. And he planted two grape vines along the uh, elementary school right across from the uh, 7-Eleven. And I just picked three boxes of really amazing grapes there because no one ever picks them. I have 20 varieties of grapes up at my place that are just ripening now. And just yesterday, we took all of the 
the leaves away from the from the grapes so that the sun could get on them and they ripen. But I already have my grapes frozen for my winter mm-hmm. smoothies. It's great. Because I just take the grapes, peel them off, and uh, put them in my smoothies mm-hmm. with bananas and peaches and whatever tropical fruits I'm growing. Yeah. And what we need is an army of tiny apples. Yeah, and then nimble I, fingers to do that. Yeah, for you. I put you know I put spirulina <laughs> in there and 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 um, turmeric, and so I have this a, a smoothie every day. That, yeah. uh, that you know really keeps me going in mid morning, and uh, and that's uh, just better. so um, you know we have a, a, a meeting coming up with our hopefully our final meeting uh, with the county commissioners to. Uh, 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 vote on our uh, special use permit and my ADU. Uh, and that'll be on the 30th of September at 4 o'clock at the Elgebel County Courthouse. Uh, we're hoping to have a number of people there. We had about 70 people at the last meeting, and we're hoping to have, you know, 70 people show up in support of our, our meeting. So uh, if you can put the word out there, we're Absolutely. also doing a fundraising here in Carbondale on the 24th. At a cafe, so uh, you can go to our. We're just getting a new newsletter out t- today or tomorrow, so if you can go online, uh, crmpi.org, and you can sign up for our new newsletter. It has, uh, and you can also send a um, a letter of support, an email support for Crimpy, mm-hmm. uh, to directly to the county commissioners and the planning department in Eagle County and CC us uh, for that meeting. And uh, it might be postponed. It might be uh, not voted on on the 30th. And I think we have another date on the 17th of October mm-hmm. that temporarily. But if we're hoping that we, they can make some uh, some resolution if we have enough people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the feeling can, is that we're gaining ground, but this is not going to be a one-and-done meeting. It's going to be a continued phase. Well, we've already had one meeting, and they, and they voted us down. But that was the planning department. And the com- county commissioners have more discretion to go one way or the other. And uh, we're hoping that since we have a you know, 30, 40-year track record of doing agriculture <clears throat> and doing what we're doing, we're talking about today, uh, then do they really want to shut down one of the most uh, – the longest permaculture sites in the world? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, that's, I, that's, I described it that's as an their Eden. Call it's a, and, it's um, a beautiful place that just seeps wisdom even from the rocks that you reference yeah, and the, the and downdraft of, of warm air while we're there. But yeah, every but, kid or, or adult who's ever been there has been, has been better from it. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine that yeah. that could ever be shut down. It shouldn't be. And then we have uh, – and it's a zoning issue. And, and mainly that they do not have an agricultural education zoning little box that we fit into and the county, the commissioners have discretion to to vote that in uh you know so we're hoping that we get support we had a great great bunch of people come and talk in our favor and we're hoping to have that same group come back well we'll, we'll try to be and there more. for sure on the, on the 30th you said on the 30th at uh, four o'clock at the Elgebel county courthouse mm-hmm. in Elgebel. Yeah. The, the kids sent letters to the uh, to Eagle County. We, we looked it up and made sure, and some illustrations too to really push the point home that this was something that had been monumental to them. Great, great, great. And you know, another thing that Edna has done um, is that we can't afford a van. So uh, part of our our effort is to limit the traffic up at, at Bringer because the neighbors 
you know, don't want to have 25 SUVs coming up when we do a class. So Eden has allowed us to use his 17-passenger, 14-passenger van. Um, and during our classes, we can minimize uh, our, our traffic up there and uh, in the valley, too. So uh, sure. that's been really great, and we've been uh, reciprocating by, you know, helping to maintain the van, putting on a windshield and servicing it. And, uh, you know, what we're going to have to do is we're going to split the tires. We're going to buy you two new tires. <laughs> uh, you can buy two, and then we'll have new tires on the, on, on the van. How does that sound? That sounds great. Thank put, you, Jerome. Yeah, put me down for a time really or two. Is, I'd uh, be happy to help. That's a bit to our community. You know, we're all we're all in this together. We're we're all part of this food system. We're all part of this community, and it takes all of us, you know, taking care of each other. So yeah, we we're take, there for you, Jerome. And I appreciate you being there for us and, and helping us get started in the first place. Yes, and I'm going to the I'm going to the Pow Pow Fest tomorrow uh, in Fredericks, Maryland, which is a, a an event that uh, Michael Judd puts on every year, that's five or six years. And we celebrate the pow-pow. It's the tropical fruit that grows in 17 states. I have three mm. grafted varieties in my forest garden right now, and uh, they're doing really well. And uh, so uh, there'll be about 400, 500 people show up to eat pow-pow ice cream and um, pow-pow jam and uh, do tours of the pow-pow orchard. I'm going to go to the commercial Pow Pow uh, facility and help pick and bring back about 600 pounds on the day before and just help out. And then there's also a lot of other activities there and a lot of venues. And I'm going to be looking at a chestnut orchard uh, the following day. So, And I actually am um, staying with um, Emily and Roy. Emily and um, <coughs> Emily Roy. Uh, and uh, I did a show uh, on their forest garden, indoor and outdoor forest garden, their, their forest garden in their uh, suburban lot last year, and I think I'll do another one uh, with with, uh, with their, their their operation, and then we do a show with some of the other other people. So, Ed, is there anything, we just have a couple of uh, half a minute or so, is there anything you want to wrap up with or yeah, I, I think I just I want to just thank you, Jerome, for for building this legacy that is uh, you know forever it was it was this thing that was kind of up in the woods up on up on top of the mountain and now it's coming to our ballot box. And so thank you for what you started and and really 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 grateful for your leadership. Ed and I would echo you on that. I think that's very well said. Thank you, Jerome, for all that you've done and continue to do for all of us. I hope you have a great trip to Maryland. Yeah, I would like to get this uh, use permit and the ADU pass so that I could get into my retirement because I'm 81 coming up on the 23rd of September. And uh, I don't know need to be fighting the county and trying to stay alive. Uh, it's a good you know, fight. You know, you be know. bankrupt because of this operation uh, that's going on. But anyway, I uh, hope, hope to see you uh, next month and uh, we'll have some uh, word from Friedrichs, Maryland. Thanks for tuning in to KDNK, the Living Permaculture Show. A more treasure than to save. A taste of milk and honey. Before all the streets.